You are now listening to the Griot's Black Podcast Network, Black Culture Amplified. I'm Torre. Star Stories is brought to you by the Griot Black Podcast Network, home of the Blackest Questions with Dr. Chrissy Greer and Dear Culture with Panama Jackson. This episode of Star Stories is about Prince. It was like a dream, but it was real. I was in Paisley Park playing basketball with Prince. And I was passing him the rock because we were teammates and he was driving to the hole. Like, wait, 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 wait. Let me go back because I did play basketball with Prince at Paisley Park and that's an incredible story. But the reason why that happened is that in all my stories, I try to get behind the mask so I can uncover who you really are. And the first time I interviewed Prince, he had his mask all the way on, and the interview was terrible. This is about the time I played basketball with Prince and almost hit him in the nose. The year was 1998, and Prince had summoned a horde of journalists to Paisley to interview him. But I was the only one who had a cover story, which meant I needed more than a nice little interview. I needed a longer interview that would give me a lot of good quotes and time to hang out with him so I could have anecdotes and color and stuff. So I'm in a little recording studio waiting for my turn to interview Prince and watching each of the other journalists go upstairs and interview him and come back with this smile and this glow like they just met Jesus Christ. So I'm like, okay, all right, this should be good. But when my turn came and I got up there in this white conference room, I started talking with Prince. And as I said, it was terrible. Don't get me wrong. Prince was funny and brilliant and fun to talk to. We talked about the clothes he was wearing and Michael Jordan with the Bulls. But mostly Prince stuck to his talking points. He wanted to talk about the importance of owning your masters and taking control of your music. That was critical to him. It was the main and really only thing he wanted to talk about. He wouldn't talk about his music, only the business around it. He was then in the midst of a huge fight with his label, which had led him to write Slave on his face to suggest that his massive recording contract, which paid him millions, wasn't fair treatment. And it wasn't. No artist is paid fairly. But he was a long way from being a slave. But in an attempt to screw with the labels, he had changed his name to an unpronounceable symbol as if they owned the music made by Prince and not whatever his name was now. But in all of this, Prince was wearing a mask and not letting me see his real self. My whole mission as a journalist doing a major profile is to get you to take your mask off so we can get down to who you really are. Prince was giving me a performance of Prince, but who was he really? I walked out of our interview crestfallen. I'd gotten nothing real. I asked the publicist, if I could email him a few questions. She said, okay. I emailed him 10 questions. And a few days later, you've got mail. I got an email back. Prince had answered seven of my questions. 
And he'd use the letter U for Y-O-U and the letter I for E-Y-E. So I felt like I was really talking to him. My last question was, will you play basketball with me? To that, he had written, anytime, brother. Anytime, brother? Really? I wasn't about to let that pass. I got on the next flight back to Minneapolis with a basketball in my bag. But I had no idea what I was stepping into. I thought basketball was something Prince had done way back in high school. I didn't realize he was out here playing ball all the time. I mean, he was making music 23 to 24 hours a day, but he was also squeezing in a little hoop time whenever he could because he loved the game. So when asking him to play, I had unwittingly hit his sweet spot. He was way more interested in playing ball than in interviewing. So I'm at the photo shoot from my story, and I'm standing there holding my ball saying, you said anytime, what's up? I was trying to be cool, but I was kind of like a little brother saying, hey, you said you'd play with me, what's up? Then Prince says something to someone off to the side. Prince was focused on the camera, and he was posing and preening and cracking jokes, but then he turned to an assistant and said, ask them to clear out in the back to play basketball. What? Black baby Jesus, hold me tight, because Lord, I cannot stand. Did Prince just say we were gonna play basketball? See kids, dreams do come true. Now a word from our sponsors. Thank you for listening to Star Stories with Teray. If you like the show, you'll love the animated version of this series. Watch the adult cartoon series Star Stories with Teray at thegrio.com or the Grio Black Podcast Network's YouTube channel. You'll find the video links in the description section of this episode. Did Prince just say we were going to play basketball? See, kids? Dreams do come true. So we go around the corner, and there's a hoop. Oh my God, this is happening. And there's a box of sneakers. A little brown cardboard box with a bunch of sneakers piled in, just like anyone might have. He pulls out some Nike Air Force high tops, white with a red swoosh, and he puts them on with his black bell-bottom pants and his black scoop neck top. And now we're balling one-on-one with Prince. Oh my God. Later on, his manager told me Prince is not a person who finds it easy to share himself. He's always guarded. Someone else told me he's more comfortable holding a guitar and standing in front of thousands of people than he is talking to one person. But when we started playing ball, I saw the mask come off. As soon as he started dribbling, he was no longer the reserved and too cool for school dude he'd been during our interview. He was open. The first time he checked ball, he made a face like, I'ma kick yo ass. And then he started knifing around the court, moving quickly, dribbling fast, sliding under my arm to snatch rebounds. He played like one of those darting little guys you have to keep your eye on every second. Blink and he's run past you. Lose control of your dribble for a second and he's stolen the ball. Prince is a baller. When he shot, his form looked like Steph Curry's. I'm not saying he shot that well. I'm saying he had good classic form. So after a while, our one-on-one turned into two-on-two. 
me and Prince against my photographer and his keyboardist, Morris Hayes. I'm playing basketball with Prince. I can't. Prince took over immediately, making great passes, moving without the ball, slicing through the defense for great layups. It was a close game, but he played with confidence and nailed a lot of shots and sank the jump shot that gave us the win. But that was not the most memorable moment of the day. Remember I said Prince back then had changed his name to a symbol and there was no way to pronounce the symbol and we weren't supposed to call him Prince? Guests to Paisley Park were specifically told, don't call him Prince. Media called him the artist formerly known as Prince. But if you were in his presence and you had to call him, what were you supposed to say? We weren't told. We were just told, whatever you do, don't call him Prince. But what if you need to get his attention in a flash? Like, for example, you're playing two-on-two basketball with him and you have the ball, and you see him make a cut that leaves his defenders so confused that suddenly Prince is wide open. Let's say you notice that, and you pass the ball to him quickly. So you pass the ball right toward Prince's face, but he doesn't know it's coming. He doesn't see it coming. So a basketball that you threw is heading toward his nose and he doesn't know it's coming. What do you do? You might freak out, and that would be a very reasonable response, but there's no time for that. We've gotta do something. Well, what I did was yell out, Prince, because I was not gonna be the one who broke his nose, no, not me. But after I said the first syllable of Prince, I thought, Oh my God, calling him Prince will get us kicked out of here entirely. So I grabbed my mouth like I was trying to grab the words and push them back into my mouth. So the ball flew past his head and went out of bounds. Didn't hit him. He jogged off into the corner to get it. And when he came back, he was kind of pointing at me and giggling. (laughs) I had never seen him giggle. The mask was totally off. I said... What's so funny? He pointed at me and said, you didn't know what to call me. And he was elated that he'd put me in a weird spot where I didn't know what to do. He didn't really care if you called him Prince. He was really just messing with the record label. But I had gotten to see the real Prince. Someone who was actually okay with being called Prince. Someone who was cool, someone who's competitive, someone who was a jokester, someone who was athletic, someone who was a shit talker, and someone who loves to battle and loves to win. I had gotten to the real prince, and it felt good to pull away the mask for a minute and see the real man. You can't write a good cover story about someone if you don't know who they really are. You can't know who someone really is until you can see behind the mask. This podcast was written and produced by me, Torre, with additional production by Sam Riddell and Albert Parnell, and executive production from Regina Griffin. Star Stories is brought to you by the Griot Black Podcast Network, home of the Griot Daily with Michael Harriet and Writing Black with Maisha Kai. If you like this Star Stories episode, Check out the one about Jay-Z. 
And check out my audio documentary, Being Black, the 80s. Each episode focuses on a song that defined the decade and critical issues facing black people. It's the funkiest history class you'll ever take. Remember to rate and review It Does Matter. I'm Torre. We started this podcast to talk about not just what black writers write about, but how? Well, personally, it's on my bucket list to have one of my books banned. <laughs> I know that's probably bad, but Ooh. I think- Ooh, spicy. <laughs> they were yelling N-word, go home. And I was looking around for the N-word because I knew it couldn't be me because I was a queen. <laughs> but I'm telling people to quit this mentality of identifying ourselves yeah. by our work, to start to live our lives and to redefine the whole concept of how we work and where we work and why we work in the first place. My, my biggest strength throughout throughout my career has been having incredible mentors and specifically black women. I've been writing poetry since I was like eight. You know, I've been reading Langston Hughes and James Baldwin and Maya Angelou and so forth and so on since I was like a little kid. Like the banjo was blackly black, right? Mm -hmm. For many, many, African. many years, everybody yes. knew. Cause sometimes I'm just doing some Sam because <laughs> I just <laughs> want to do it. An honor to be here. Thank you for doing the work that you're doing. Keep shining bright. And we, and, and like you said, we all keep writing black. As always, you can find us on the Grio app or wherever you find your podcasts.